Hello, my name is Blair Murphy and this is The Bishop's Office, a podcast where I talk to members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints about their conversion, missionary service and life experiences. In this, the first episode of the new season, I'm talking to Kristen Ryan about her conversion experience. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Kristen, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us about your conversion today. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good. Now you tell me you're at the beach, so we look forward to hearing the seagulls and waves crashing <laughs> in the background, just catching some yeah. last few rays of summer, hey? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty calm actually, so you might not be able to hear much. But beautiful. <laughs> well, where should we where should we begin? Um, have you always considered yourself a spiritual person? What was your childhood like? I wouldn't say that, no. I grew up in a household where we didn't speak at all about anything spiritual. We didn't, we never went to church or, you know, what happens when you die? Nothing. There was absolutely nothing about it, which is interesting because for a lot of my childhood, uh, my mum was sick and we sort of knew what that would probably end with. But yeah, it was still never something that was discussed. Did your mum have cancer or what was the... the Yeah. Yeah. She had breast cancer. Uh-huh. Um, and she did go into remission for a while. Um, I think she was diagnosed when I was about maybe five or something. So I was very young. Um, and then she was quite sick for a while, went into remission for a few years and then got quite sick again. And it was just very on and off as far as the um, intensity, I guess, of it was. Like, I guess we were pretty sheltered as kids, so we didn't realise a lot that was going on. But there was a lot of periods of time where she spent a lot of time in hospital and a lot of periods of time where she did it um and yeah it was just on and off right up until high school which is when it hit its peak and she passed oh i'm so sorry how old were you when she passed away uh i would have been 16 oh that must have been so challenging yeah yeah it was it was a rough rough time but by then because we dealt with it for so long i think like this is something that I do remember, which is odd because, like I said, I, we had no spiritual anything in our upbringing. But I remember really clearly not long before she passed, just like crying in my room and saying to whoever, like, I guess it was to God, but I didn't know that at the time. Like I didn't know anything. Yeah. But I remember just saying, like, if she's not going to get better, like let her go because she's just in so much pain. So, yeah, and then it wasn't that long after that but it happened so well that's amazing it's so touching those stories when people are just at you know at that point there's just nowhere else you can turn and with no religious instruction at all your human nature is to call out for help yeah 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 no thank you it's it's personal and i appreciate you you're sharing that with us so you said that was 16 when that happened yeah yeah i was in year 11 Okay. And I understand your now husband, Adam, uh, introduced you to the church. So tell me about how that happened. Was that about the same time or was that later in life? No, that was a few years later. (laughs) Um, So Adam and I did meet at school uh, in year, I was in year 12 and he was in year 11. And we knew of each other and had been around each other but didn't really we I wouldn't say we were friends we didn't really have any conversations at school um but it was not long after graduating that he got in contact with me on MySpace of all things (laughs) so he sent me a message on there and we caught up uh went on a date where I invited 
a whole bunch of other people that he didn't know. Um, and then from there, we pretty much spoke every day. And that's sort of where our relationship started. And I guess it wouldn't have been too long after that that I discovered he went to church. I don't remember the conversation um, where he told me about it, but I do remember that it would have come from me questioning why there was this time slot in the weekends where I couldn't contact him or see him. <laughs> so, because we spent so much time together and talked all the time, and I, I just remember there being this block where I was like, what is going on? Like, why? <laughs> so, um, that's where I would have learned about it from, I imagine. And he sort of eased me into it. <laughs> um, I kind of knew that there was something, you know, like I could tell he was different from other guys that I had known. He was a lot more um, respectful, I guess. And um, yeah, he was just different. And I knew that. And so I think it'll kind of click. We should acknowledge mm-hmm. that Adam was amazing and forthright at actually asking you out like that's pretty impressive Um, oh yeah he was he was so strange he was just this it was almost like I think it was a two sentence message that was just super sweet (laughs) I had never like we'd barely spoken it was just so out of the blue let's embarrass Adam do you remember what that that message was uh, it said something along the lines of, I'm just going to come out with it. I think you're really pretty. Do you want to catch up sometime or something like that? So smooth. <laughs> it was. <laughs> nice work. So if, yeah. if I understand correctly, you know, you guys are, are dating and um, he seems really nice. You've noticed something different about him and he's slowly sort of disclosing to you that he's going to church on Sundays for a few hours. Is that is that where we're up to? Yeah. Yeah. Was it that you were um, curious at this point or is there at some point that he sort of started introducing to the introducing you to the gospel? What happened next? No, I think it was more my curiosity that got it going. Hmm. You know, like I think he knew his his family were all living in Adelaide at that point. Hmm. Um, so he's, you know, one of six, which was completely another thing that was totally foreign to me. I don't think I knew anyone else. None of my friends had six siblings. That was just blew my mind. Um, so meaning the family was like a huge thing. And I remember being really nervous about that. And I think he was really nervous about that because his family were all so, you know, strong in the gospel and everything that I think he knew that they were all going to be questioning whether this was a good idea, whether I was the kind of person that was going to be good for him and all that kind of thing. So I think that that was probably what was holding him back a little bit initially. And what were your um, impressions of his family when you met them? Oh, they were lovely. They were, they were all beautiful. Yeah, I remember just thinking that it was the coolest thing ever that he had all his siblings. Like, I wish I'd had a massive family and there's just people everywhere it was it was great so I guess it wasn't long after I met them that I was invited to like a family dinner I think it was on a Sunday too <laughs> um and Helen and Jeff being the amazing amazing member of missionaries that they were at the time had invited the missionaries <laughs> to come along and I'm not sure if I knew that the missionaries were going to be there or not but that wasn't where my spiritual journey started. I think that, that was, they did share a message with me mm-hmm. after dinner, um, but I didn't, I wasn't able to take it as well as I think everyone was hoping. I well, think because I wasn't mentally prepared. 
yeah so what was your impression then were you like hey what's going on here um, or? it's hard for me to remember exactly but what I do remember is I wasn't ready or I wasn't in the mindset to discuss what had happened with mum and that was something that they had tried to discuss with me in the you know in the initial message they talk a lot about families and families can be together forever kind of thing you know um so that came up and I just wasn't coping emotionally with that um I I need preparation like I don't for example you know someone knocks on my door a salesperson you know trying to get me to change electricity companies or whatever and I instantly feel like oh no like don't talk to me don't try to sell this to me like I'm not because I feel like they're selling me something, you know, like you just feel that pressure and I've just never coped well with that. So I guess it was partly that also that I just wasn't prepared for it. And so I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I wasn't sure if I felt like they were just trying to get me to go to church or I, di- I didn't know how I felt about it at the time. So yeah. where do you feel like your virtual journey began then? It wouldn't have been too long after that because obviously having been introduced to that and being introduced to his family it was it was something Adam and I discussed more mm-hmm. and so I became more and more open to it and then it wasn't that long after that that I met um, two different missionaries that were in the ward at the time sister Craven and sister Webster they were then now they're married with beautiful families but I just remember that it was completely different with them like I instantly felt relaxed and calm and when they shared messages with me I never felt like they were trying to convince me of anything I literally just I could feel how much they really believed it and I felt like they cared about me and that's what took it off for me I really just felt like how could it not be true (laughs) um so these um sisters sister Craven and sister Webb so they're sharing these messages with you I love that you described Mm -hmm. that you sort of never felt sort of any pressure through that process when was it yep. that you started to sort of identify and recognize the spirit and what were the experiences that surrounded that I suppose yeah I don't, I don't know I felt like I recognized it really quickly through feeling the spirit from their messages like I just remember feeling like what they were saying was true like I, I, don't, I don't know when it clicked to you know, I want to believe what they're saying or they're lovely or whatever to this is the spirit telling me that it's true. I I just remember that it came really naturally to me. And a lot of things just made sense at that point. Like, because even though I wasn't raised in a home that taught that there was anything after this life, I always felt that there was, I never believed that when you died, that was it. I started reflecting back at that point to my mum and at what she would have felt kind of thing and realised that she didn't either. Like, although we never really had conversations about it, I know that, like, I remember her saying off the cuff, you know, that she wanted to be reborn as a dolphin. (laughs) Like, she loved dolphins and that was, like, her dream, (laughs) that she would come back as a dolphin. Like, so she was a lot more open to spiritual things, I realised later. That I look back on and I think, oh man, if she hadn't been taught by the missionaries, I bet she would have felt it, you know, like, because she was so open to that kind of thing, which really helped as well, I think. So it's just a constant feeling. Like every time I read the scriptures, I felt like it was right. Every time I said a prayer, I felt like it was right. Every time I came to church and listened to somebody giving a talk or somebody's testimony at testimony meetings, I felt like it was right. So it was just 
I just had these constant feelings coming to me that was like, this is right. This is where you're meant to be. Yeah, that's cool. Do you remember um, when the missionaries asked you to be baptised and um, what that experience was? Uh, I remember being really nervous about it, actually. I accepted it and I wanted to be, but I think I was super nervous to have to do something that involved my family with the church. I think at that point it was very separate. Like Adam's family I would be with at church and I was doing the things on my own, you know, but it was completely separate to what my family did. So the idea of having this big thing happen where I was going to have to invite my family along and have them involved and have them meet people, I'm very different to my dad and my sister. Very different. They're very similar in personality and I am super different. So I just knew that they they wouldn't accept the gospel. They wouldn't accept me and I didn't feel like they were ever I never felt like they would ever disown me for doing something like that that was never a stress but I just didn't like the thought or the feeling that they would not agree with something that I'm doing like there would be that separation you know like then they would have their way of being and I would have my way of being you know like it was just another thing that was going to separate us a bit Mm-hmm. And so that made me really nervous. So yeah, that was that was how I remember feeling about it. I was just overwhelmed with nerves just to even to tell dad. How did that conversation go? Um, better than I thought it was going to go. I think that at that point, he knew that I had gone to church with Adam's family. Um, and so I think he was kind of expecting it, to be honest. Like he knew that that, that would probably happen. So he was he was expecting it. I told him and his response was something along the lines of, I'll support you in whatever you choose. Yeah, it was a good, quick, as not awkward as it could be <laughs> conversation. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do, you big weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, crazy. that's kind of what it feels like. It still feels like that now, actually. But yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the gist of it. That's cool. But, yeah. Just as I guess you're thinking about that time, were there any people aside from, I guess, Adam and his family whom you met and you felt like um, were helpful in that transition of, um, I guess, joining the church or soon after um, being a member of the church that, that helped you get used to this new community? Yeah, definitely. So pretty soon after we got married, um, which was not that long after I was baptised. I think it was a couple of months. We became friends with Alex and Aaron Crosley and we would see them quite regularly. I, I think that I really needed that at that time, like having another person at church, especially a girl that I would see, you know, in class and things mm. that I felt comfortable with. That, that, that was a huge thing for me. I, that friendship made a big difference. And in those, I guess, first few months after you got baptised, was it smooth sailing or was there obstacles or objections that you had to overcome? I don't think that it's been smooth sailing, I wouldn't say ever, totally. (laughs) Um, I think as far as my, my testimony goes and how I feel about the gospel, that's always been a smooth sailing side of it to me. Like I've, like I said, I've just always felt like, it's right. I've never questioned that it's right. Mm. Um, but it's a very different uh, way to be than I was used to. And I think like I loved going to classes and learning 
um, about the gospel. I really enjoyed that. I do not enjoy being called on ever <laughs> in a <laughs> class or anything like that. So that was always a fear. Like I always had that fear. And whenever that happened, it stressed me out, something chronic. So that, that kind of aspect of it, getting used to having to be more verbal with things took me a long time to get used to. And I'm still not totally used to it now, if I'm honest. Like, yeah. I think my first calling, I can't even remember what my first calling was, but that was a huge thing for me. I was really nervous about that because just wasn't what I was used to. And I don't like being the center of anything. I don't like standing up in front of people. I don't like being responsible for delivering something. <laughs> it's just, yeah, when I realized that I was going to have to, you know, I was being encouraged to get up and share my testimony and testimony meetings and, um, teach a lesson here and there I remember being asked to teach a relief society not long after I was married Mm. and that was not a good idea (laughs) at the time like I look back on it and I think I should have said I'm not ready for this because that was that was honestly it in the end it was a negative experience for me just because of how much stress I had over it and how I felt I felt that it went in the end like everyone was lovely to me no one said anything negative you know like the members were beautiful and they've always been beautiful to me which was lovely but yeah it just wasn't (laughs) just didn't go well (laughs) yeah no I think that's a really important perspective because I think particularly for those of us who have been raised in the church this stuff's all normal right it's normal for someone to ask you out of the blue to share your like deepest feelings about something and you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah And honestly, I've always been in awe of it. Like right from when I first came to church and heard the first talk and the first testimony, I was just like gobsmacked. Like I would just listen to people and be like, this is amazing. Like I love that they can do this. I absolutely love it. And I felt the spirit so strongly and just, I think it's such an amazing thing. And one of the beautiful things that I'm so excited that my kids will grow up with, you know, like that they will have hopefully the confidence to be able to do those things. Um, One of the things that I think I've noticed with interactions that I've had with you over the years, how how long have you been a member of the church now? When did you get baptized? We got married at 19. So what's that? That's 12 years ago. Cool. So over a decade, but I guess some of my interactions with you, you've made comments to the effect that you still feel like, I guess, a new member of the church. Um, is that still how you feel? Um, and what advice would you have for someone who might be new in the gospel and faced with all of the the new things that we consider normal? In answer to you first, the first part of the question, I don't feel like a convert anymore. I feel like this is just how I've always lived. I can't remember living any differently. The only time that I feel like it, or that I remember that I'm a convert, I should say, is when there's some kind of deep spiritual conversation going on where specific scriptural stories are being brought up and passages and whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I don't know where that happened. I don't know which book that's in. You know, like, I, I don't think I've ever learned well enough how to study the scripture stories in a way that helps me to be able to recall on them. Uh You know what I mean? Like I read the scriptures and I've never had an issue feeling the messages from them. I've always felt like I've received messages from reading the scriptures, but I've 
I've never been particularly good at recalling those specific stories, which I know people who have grown up in the church find a lot easier to do, I think, because you learn them all in, in primary and then you study them in seminary and then whatever, which yeah. I didn't get to do. So, um, yeah, that's the only time that I feel a little bit like, oh, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to be in it, but it's really hard. <laughs> um, yeah, but what I would say to to me back then or to anyone who's new and sort of coming into the gospel, I would say just don't be afraid to say when you're not comfortable with something, you know, like it's it's okay to, to be uncomfortable in a situation and nobody's going to know that you're uncomfortable in a situation unless you say it. And also don't worry about all the terminology and everything. It comes eventually. I remember that being so strange. Like it took me so long to grasp ward, stake, all of these different things it's just it was like another language it was so weird yeah we're not good um, at that we're not good at making yeah. ourselves easy to understand it just flows for everyone who's a member but when you're a new member and you're listening to it you're like oh that was gibberish I didn't understand anything <laughs> about that and I think another huge thing like it's so much better now that there's um everything's put on Facebook and whatever but I remember being really nervous anytime there was any activities or whatever like even just dress code and things mm-hmm. for different things, I didn't know what was expected. Like there were there are certain things where you dress in church clothes and there are certain things where you don't. And just knowing which is which was really hard <laughs> early on. I was like, I don't want to rock up overdressed or underdressed. I remember that being a big thing. Now you're about to pop. You're about to have your fourth child. Um, oh, so yeah. Um, when's the baby due and are you having a boy or a girl if you're telling people yeah we're having another girl and she's due towards the end of this month so not long to go um the question i have sort of related to that is um having not been raised in a gospel home how Mm -hmm. have you found the process of raising your children in the gospel and what experiences have you had around that um beautiful ones actually i love the church and the programs that they have for the youth and everything that it offers them like I just think it's such a beautiful thing for them to grow up with um kids are the best they just remember things that you don't like they'll often be the ones that remind me oh we haven't read the scriptures yet you know we haven't done this and because they're just so I don't know because they don't have all these other things going on I guess so I love it I've I love raising kids in the gospel and I love that they're, they're experiencing that. How do you feel like the gospel has blessed your life? I think that I can see a clear level of peace that's come since I've had the gospel in my life. That's probably the hugest blessing that I've received from having the gospel. And that's been the biggest thing for me, the biggest thing that carries me through every difficult time I guess I I know that before I was a member I would need a lot of distraction I've always been a very busy person wanting to get out and do things and the times when I was on my own with no distractions I guess I was less happy whereas now I'm happy in those times too which is nice like there's just this overlaying piece that comes from just knowing that there's a purpose to everything. So that's the biggest blessing I would say. And I think that that's what carries me through. As far as specific experiences go, I've always struggled with this. There haven't really been any experiences, I should say, that have been like those those real 
you can't deny anything and whatever. I've never had one like that. I just don't think that a big event is what I need. Like that's not the way that the spirit communicates with me. I just have this real peace that comes regularly. When I don't understand something or I don't fully agree with something, like sometimes in the scriptures I'll read something that doesn't make full sense to me or I don't completely agree with my understanding of it. I don't agree with it. Um, But I've never struggled to just accept it as something that I don't need to understand right now. Like I've never felt like I need to delve into it and fully like, you know, have all of these intense discussions until I understand it and whatever. I've always just been able to go, you know what? I don't feel like this makes any difference to my overall view of what I believe. And so I will just choose to, to believe that one day I'll understand it, (laughs) but I don't need to right now. Yeah, that's that's such a wonderful perspective. And I think, um, you know, there are times like that, isn't it? It's like, hmm, I don't get that for whatever reason, right? Um, yeah. It's, um, you know, something you read in the scriptures or some doctrine or church history thing or whatever the case may be. But what I love is you're sort of, you're going back to the basics and you're saying, hey, is the gospel blessing my life, right? Um, yeah. Based on that testimony, um, you're happy to move forward and, whether you get that answer in a short time frame or a long time frame, you're confident that you'll understand it at one point, right? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about your life. It's been great getting to know you um, a bit better and hearing about those experiences. Thank you so much for taking the time. No worries. I hope you enjoyed listening to Kristen's conversion experience and especially the joy she takes in teaching the gospel to her children. That's all I have for you this week until I speak to you again here in the Bishop's Office.